My brothers and sisters, the Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a stretch of level ground with a great crowd of his disciples and a large number of the people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon. And raising his eyes toward his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. Blessed are you who are now hungry, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who are now weeping, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude and insult you, and denounce your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice and leap for on that day, for joy on that day. Behold, your reward will be great in heaven. For their ancestors treated the prophets in the same way. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are filled now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you will grieve and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for their ancestors treated the false prophets in this way. The Gospel of the Lord. There's something about the Catholic priesthood that differentiates it from every other denomination, profession, or occupation. We believe that there's one priest, and that's Jesus Christ, and those ordained as ministerial priests share his priesthood. So in the most sacred of sacramental moments, we believe that the priest stands in the person of Christ. So when a person goes to confession, it's Jesus who absolves the person's sins. At Mass, it's Jesus who shares his body and blood in the Eucharist. The ministerial priest has been called to conform themselves to Christ, to lay down their lives for Christ and his people so that he can be Christ in these sacramental moments. But the expectation is that every priesthood outside of those moments also live lives that reflect that sharing of Jesus' priesthood. And I still think back to the, the many great priests who, who figure so largely in, in my heart and my memory throughout my, my entire life who somehow demonstrated Christ's presence to me, to my family, to the, the parish of St. Agnes and Clark, where I grew up, whose example helped encourage the, the faith of, of countless numbers of people, and at least personally I can attest to how it helped nourish my own vocation growing up, which is why it's been 
so devastating to come to terms with the reality that far too many weren't so fortunate. Worse than that, to recognize that so many people were hurt and betrayed and suffered at the hands of those who were consecrated for service to the Lord and his people. Which is something that sadly, once again, we came face to face with this past week. On Wednesday, the Archdiocese of Newark and all the other dioceses of the state of New Jersey publicly announced the names of close to 200 priests who since 1940 have been incredibly accused of sexually abusing a minor. That followed with the news yesterday morning that Theodore McCarrick, who had been the Archbishop of Newark for 14 years, was found guilty by the Vatican of committing gross abuses of sexual abuse and abuse of power. And having already been forced to resign as a cardinal this past summer when those allegations first came to light in order not to publicly present himself anywhere in terms of ministry, Rome took the final and definitive and severe step yesterday to laicize him, meaning that he's been dismissed as a priest. And I've prayed with this all week and tried to reflect on what to, to say or, or do, and, and my mind and heart have gone in a lot of different directions. But I finally came to this point. Today, I'm not going to share with you the extreme range of emotions that I'm experiencing. Because it's more important that I try to be the priest that Jesus has called me to be. Which means that for right now, I have to recognize and own that brother priests have done such things. And other brother priests and bishops have inflicted more pain and hurt by their lack of response or their horrific response. And there's a tremendous amount of, of painful things there to face and to confront once again. And as much as I, I want to simply point to all of them as other and to disassociate and distance myself from them as far as possible, more than I can express right now, spiritually I recognize that's, that's hard to do. Priests aren't just colleagues or fellow employees. And I think that reality is what's making it harder and harder for many people in the pews and those who, because of their understandable hurt, no longer even walk into the doors of these church to not distrust all priests. The horrific acts of some have tainted all of us priests and even to a greater extent all of us Catholics. And just as the original 12 had to confront the betrayal of Judas, the denial of Peter, and all the other failures they had as the collective group of Jesus' most intimate of disciples, his apostles, so must I as a priest of Jesus Christ for the betrayals and the denials and the failures of those today. So I simply say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for the victims 
those known and unknown who've suffered at the hands of brother priests. I'm sorry that these evil, horrific things have happened. I'm sorry that you were violated. I'm sorry that your innocence was taken. I'm sorry that your trust has been shattered. I'm sorry when you weren't believed or were silenced. I'm sorry to the families of the victims. I'm sorry for the evil that was visited to your homes by one who was ordained and sent by our church to preach and to bless and to consecrate and instead will only be remembered for these horrific things that they've done. I'm sorry for the division and the tension and discord that those actions brought to so many of those homes and families and relationships. I'm sorry for the parishioners of all these parishes where these priests were assigned to, including a few who stood in this very pulpit. Just seeing the lists and imagining how many people were were learning for the first time that Father so-and-so was on that list and the pain that must have caused you. I'm sorry for the burden this has placed on so many of you, God's tremendously good and faithful people. Jesus has come to lighten burdens and so many of us priests have only made them worse. And I'm profoundly sorry for that. I'm sorry for the doubts that this has caused for so many people. I'm sorry that this has in any way eroded people's faith. I'm sorry how all of this has in any way eclipsed God's love and his mercy and his presence in a world that so desperately needs and wants and is looking for it. And I'm sorry for those who are going through whatever crisis of faith because of all this right now. Those rediscerning their vocations, their even belonging as a member of Christ's body, the church. The people of God deserve better than what has happened. And as a priest, I simply beg your forgiveness, which I recognize is something that only Jesus can offer instantly and completely for us as human beings. It takes time and prayer and a desire for that to happen. But one final thought in this gospel reading of the Beatitudes. Very simply, Jesus proclaims how intimately close he is with those who are poor, those who are in need, those who are suffering. And he calls them blessed because God sees and knows their needs. And he knows the brokenness and the sinfulness that caused all those unjust situations and the selfishness and the self-centeredness which continues those realities. So the people are blessed when they're suffering those realities. Don't lose faith. They're blessed when they, they're able to recognize that it's not God who's abandoned them. They're blessed, as Jeremiah said in that first reading, who trust in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. 
My profound prayer is that this catastrophic crisis our church is experiencing will be transformed by you, the people of God, who have suffered, but whose faith recognizes Christ's presence remains in our midst in spite of it all, who are able to, to dig deep in that trust and that hope in him alone. And that helps transform the church once again. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty.